0: How do you provide a great end experience to someone like, well, understand your customers, understand who wants your product, understand who's interacting with your product, understand where your product is failing or needs some help and understand where it's great and, and just learn more about them and learn more about what they're looking for. And, and that ultimately will shed light on where you can focus as a business.
1: Be Tuesday and welcome to Not Boring Founders. Each episode, Packy McCormick sits down with founders to discuss their businesses, vision, and trends within the broader tech ecosystem. This week, we're lucky to have the founders of Summer, Paul Kourmetis and Woods Buckley. Summer is reinventing the way that people own vacation homes and take vacation more generally. Paul and Woods are the right guys for the job, having both previously worked at a variety of prop tech companies, including Airbnb. This conversation covers home buying decisions, wealth creation, what customer experience means, and summer's official launch, which just happened this morning. You can check out their new website at GoSummer.com. That's geosummer.com. But before we jump into that conversation, a word from our presenting sponsor of all of season two of Not Boring Founders. Do we even have to say their name? You already know. That's right. FTX US. FTX is eating the financial world. It started as the best trading platform for crypto professionals, but has expanded into a whole suite of products. Within the FTX app, you can buy Bitcoin, Ethereum, Solana, trade NFTs with no fees, and now you can buy and sell stocks. If it's not already, we think the FTX app will become your finance super app. It does all of this with no to low fees, easy withdrawals, and best-in-class security. Download the FTX app today using the link in the show notes, or head to the App Store and use code NOTBORING, all one word, and you'll get free crypto when you trade your first $10. Thanks to FTX for sponsoring all of Season 2 of Not Boring Founders and making conversations like today's with Paul Kramidis and Woods Buckley of Summer possible.
2: Woods, Paul, welcome to Not Boring Founders. Thank you, Becky. Appreciate you having us. <laughs> That's the first woo-hoo that I've gotten. So <laughs> we're starting this energetically, and I'm going to start with the question that, that I always ask to start, which is what the world looks like in 10 years if summer is successful.
0: I think really summer is, at that point, 10 years from now, synonymous with the way people own second homes, own vacation homes, travel and and take vacations generally, there's so much we can do to enable cross country or international ownership where it wasn't easy or possible before. Ideally, we democratized access to a second homes and these assets in such a way that more people can affordably you know, ease into owning one of these homes. And, and I think looking back, something we're hoping to achieve here is that you know, we can really help create. You know, generational lasting wealth for people helping keep them as homeowners for, for many years. That that's really been the way wealth has been created in this country for a very long time for a lot of folks. And there are far too few avenues into lasting real ownership for people these days. That'd be great to look back and that we had a role in, in helping that.
3: I think on the building on that last point, something else we're, we'll be also, if we can accomplish is to actually help younger generations start building equity in homes earlier than they ever put up before. You can imagine, like the same way that, that folks are encouraged to contribute to a Roth IRA early in their twenties, there's an opportunity to do the same thing for, for building equity in a home. That that would be fantastic. So further afield than we are today, was certainly something we're we're excited about. I
2: didn't want to go this deep this quickly, but the youth homeownership is like a huge youth. Like I'm including my old ass at 35 years old here, but like it seems to be a huge issue. What are the problems, and how are you thinking about fixing them?
3: I think in general, there's three reasons that that people don't go forward with buying a home. The first is the high upfront cost. The second is sort of just the the time and brain damage when it comes to like searching and, and you know, purchasing and then actually owning the home. And then the third one is, is just fear and uncertainty around the asset class. Like, how do I know if this is a good home? What if I don't like it? What if I don't want to go there anymore two years from now? And so I think the way we think about it is how can we reduce friction across these three buckets to to make this a, a more accessible and a less scary proposition for
0: those are the three biggest pain points a statistic that we we, we toss around is like five percent of americans own second home today 65 percent would like to own one that's a very big gap right and do we do we want to try to enable as many people as can reasonably afford one to, to do that absolutely uh, you know there are far too many folks who could reasonably afford these if some of those barriers were to be mitigated or reduced in, in such a way that would allow that, that sort of lasting ownership that we're talking about and the value we about. There's a reason being what like there's a reason because people love owning second homes in, in some of these locations, right? It, it's, it's a great lifestyle, but it's also a great financial investment for a lot of people. If you owned a home in the Hamptons 20 years ago, or even Hudson Valley, let's say something like that, it, it, the appreciation rates on that look very good for you uh, back to that point about creating wealth. It's just, it, it's something that's locked a lot, of well, far too long. And I think we're feeling that pandemic coming off that folks want to work more remotely, they want to live more remotely spending thousands of dollars a year, traveling here, traveling there. He's looking back at your bank account, like, well, they could have owned something through two, three, four years into this, had I had a more reasonable way to bridge into this and get involved.
3: Yeah, actually the, the preference thing is a good point. It's not, it's not an accessibility question, but particularly among younger folks, like that, that's another thing is someone says, oh, well, I, I want to be able to go to Miami or Tahoe, or I don't want to be locked into sort of one place. And so thinking about, Hey, how can you give someone the benefit of being able to stay flexibly, stay on Airbnb or whatever, while retaining the, the value of home ownership and actually be able to build equity over time. And that's, that's another thing we think about is like, how do we keep that? There, there's lots of like luxury travel subscription services out there, but at the end of the day, you're still just <laughs> spending money on, on rent. And so trying to find that middle ground, of like giving that flexibility and that access, but, but retaining the value element.
2: So you guys are launching today, officially. Congratulations. What can people
3: expect
2: (laughs) when they go to the site? Walk me through the whole process of buying a home uh, with Summer.
0: We talked through some of the goals here. We're trying to ease you into this, get you into owning a second home. And What we're supporting at launch is really two avenues of ownership and how you can get it. There are certain folks who, you know, feel a lot of certainty. They see a home, they know they want to buy it. They've been going to a certain market for years and they've just been waiting for the right opportunity and the right service that can help do that. We want to get you into that home as soon as we can, and and we'll basically help you buy that up front and and you'll get you as the deeded homeowner. What we can do at that point is uh, provide you with a revenue guarantee after you've actually purchased the home. So we'll short-term rent the home, provide you with a monthly revenue guarantee. So you have that consistency, right? A lot of property managers out there will take a nightly rate. Uh, What we're trying to do is get you that income every month so that you can not think about it, just pay some of your bills off and and get to enjoy this home as well as the other benefits of summer, not just enjoying your own home, but staying in homes across the platform. The other way, which I think is a pretty exciting way for folks who have never really dipped their toes into ownership before is what we're calling gradual ownership, so essentially the ability to try your home out before you buy it. You find the home you like, or one of the ones we've already bought on our platform, we'll basically, if it's not one of the ones we've already bought, we'll go out and buy that home with an all cash offer for you. So we're the deeded homeowner, but for all intents and purposes, we treat you as the homeowner. We'll put in an upfront investment into the home to make it look great. Uh, we will use you as a stakeholder in that process. You're involved with our design team. Definitely want to get your feedback in terms of the aesthetic and taste of the home. But you get to go to the home, whenever you'd like to go with no blackout dates throughout the year. So if you want to go on Christmas, you can go on Christmas. If you want to go on fourth of July, you can go on fourth of July. I think that's really valuable for folks to not have sort of restrictions on I can go here or, 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 or there. Uh, you pay us an upfront fee uh, and a monthly fee, similar to a down payment and a mortgage, albeit far less than. Any bank's going to charge you for either of those things. So our upfront fee right now is between 10 and 20%, but you get to pay for that. You have up to three years to decide whether you'd like to buy the home outright from us using the money you paid us. And we'll credit some of that back to you in the form of an equity discount on the purchase price. So basically take some of that money, channel it to the the amount that that home is worth at that point in time over those three years. And we'll reduce the purchase price by that much. Should you decide you don't want to buy the home, that's fine too. We'll actually give you that upfront payment back in full Truly no questions asked. We think it's important to provide that ability for folks to actually try the home I still walk away if they decide, I don't want to buy it. And I think a lot of folks may listening or are going to wonder like, what's the catch here? The, the, the only catch, if you even want to call it one is uh, something folks are already doing. So uh, you get to go to the home whenever you'd like, but when you're physically not present in the home, we are going to rent the home out and, and, and cover our costs. We take the money, the revenue from that, but we're allowing you to try this home out and, and use that money that you're paying to bridge into ownership through that. So it's, it's a headache off your plate. You don't think about it. You wear the call at midnight when someone's locked out or boiler breaks or dracoon raccoon in the trash. I took your, your favorite <laughs> one there. Woods always likes to use that one, but we think it's a great sort of trade for, for a lot of folks to get the optionality to try something out where they actually buy it, or if you're sure buy it today, but either way, I just want to highlight that either way, we're getting you that place of lasting homeownership because after you've tried it, we bridge you into owning it. Through that conversion, now you're hopefully sticking around with summer for five, 10, 15 years where we're giving you that guaranteed income every month. You've gotten to try that home out. Now you're the deeded homeowner and off you go. We're we're still renting it. You're still staying the 45, 60, 90 days a year, however much you want to stay.
2: That's super cool. So I could treat it, if I wanted to treat it as an investment property and just say, like, I'm never going to stay here. Would you rent it out all year? Or, like, what are kind of the amounts of time that I could stay? How often? How do you think through that?
3: Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I mean, we've we, we've had some people ask us that like, the product is is geared towards someone who wants to spend some amount of time in, in the home. That, that was the formulation that where we started and like, how can we help people sort of enjoy access to homes versus a pure investor product? So typically we think of it as like, you have a 40 day, a 60 day or a 90 day sort of like slug that you can choose to take. That said, that's really more relevant if you're in this trial period. If you're the homeowner and you just want us to rent it out and you really are to say, hey, look, I'm really not going to be around this year. Then we could do that. The trade-off obviously is the more days you use, the less income we can guarantee you on the home, the less days you use, et cetera. I think what, what is cool, even for an existing homeowner, is if you're working with summer, we basically give you credit as a homeowner to spend on your home. So at the start of the year, we say, cool, you're going to use it for 40 days. Here's 20 grand in your summer account. When you want to book your home, you open the summer homeowner app, you select the days you want to stay, and there you go. But if you're tired of staying in your home and you want to stay in, you know, the Hamptons or you want to stay in Aspen or some other place instead, you can book any so- home in the summer network with that same credit. So that's why we think of the days as it's not so much days in your home, it's days in the summer network.
2: That is that is super cool. And where is the summer network going to be? Where are you starting out? Where are you growing to? Right now, we're
0: in, we're really like six locations. So uh, Hudson Valley, upstate New York uh, area. We've got the Hamptons, Miami, Southeast Florida the Rockies. So really Colorado Rockies and record Aspen Bales of, of the world and then Park City as well. And then we're also in Southern California, uh, so sort of Coachella Valley, Palm Springs area. I think rapidly looking to expand to new locations as we continue to digest which ones are the uh, the best ones for folks that actually want to buy in our network. But I think one of the key filters for us is obviously the ability to short-term rent these homes. That, that's sort of what this model is predicated on. People want to travel around as Woods was saying. They want to not just stay in their own home, but they want to stay in other homes. And and when you're not there, someone else is going to be staying in it. Either another homeowner on the summer network or a member on the summer network, I should say, or someone on, uh, on Airbnb. And what's cool to think about, Packy, is that, that person who's maybe staying in that home on Airbnb for the first time, maybe they didn't know about summer. They, they didn't know we could own this home. Uh, we can certainly offer that for those folks. Uh, they can come in, they you know, understand what summer's all about. They can stay in that home one time on Airbnb and, and, and all of a sudden start to be part of this network, right? So we're really looking to take some feedback from folks as well in terms of where we want to go.
2: It's super cool. There's like, I I think a couple of reasons that I was so excited beyond just you guys, but so excited about summer. One of which was we actually owned a place in the Hudson Valley that we did the whole Airbnb thing on, ended up actually being a great investment because we bought right before COVID and then everybody wanted to move out of the city. But like also a little bit of a pain in the ass to do. We call it a second home, but I've never owned a primary residence before. And so like the first home, particularly like living in New York City, the first home ended up being a home kind of outside of the city. And so one, just like that whole idea of having you guys take care of all of that is, is I think one piece that that really attracted me. The other was that just from like a model perspective, I wrote a piece a while back called Zill BNB about how like Zillow and Airbnb should merge. It smooths out like some of the, if, you, if you're open door, say, or or Zillow, iBuyer, when they used to have that, having the ability to both kind of own the home and get the upside there, but then also smooth it out with that short-term rental demand, which I saw from doing yeah, it. Exactly. So
3: you want to buy a home that pays for itself. You want to see how much a home is going to cost. And in the same line, you want to see how much income you're going to get per month. And that's exactly what, yeah, that's exactly what we're trying Totally. And, and from your perspective, so
2: you make money on the short-term rentals. If somebody gives back the house and doesn't want to buy it, but it's appreciated, then you get that upside as well, I'm assuming. How do you think through like what the most important levers of the business model are?
3: Sure. So, so yeah, we, we can make money basically in, in three primary ways. We make money from, if someone's in a trial program, this, the monthly subscription revenue, they pay up. We make money obviously from short-term rental revenue. And then we make money from uh, appreciation and home value o- over time. There's lots of like ancillary stuff that we can do, but those are really the core pieces of the business. And so like in terms of the levers that impact that being smart, obviously on underwriting homes and having like a good perspective, not only on uh, home price and like how that comps to the market, but also on forecasted STR revenue is is super important. That business model makes uh, a
2: ton of sense. How'd you guys come
3: up with the idea?
2: What are your backgrounds? How'd we get it? That's a great question.
0: So Woods and I, I think the common thread is that Woods and I are both Airbnb alums. I, I, I was focused more on the, some strategy and operations work initially, and then transitioned over to the product team while I was there. Notably like let the integration of a company called Lugger Retreats into Airbnb, became the Airbnb Lux product. And then Woods, I'll let you give a quick background on yourself as well.
3: Yeah, so I, I was also obviously at Airbnb, and in general, I spend most of my career in in operations roles and in high tech companies in the past four or five years, specifically in like prop tech focused businesses, working in operations and and supply chain. And so, yeah, a lot of experience is sort of like the painful, beat your head against the wall physical, real world problems that, that these present
0: after Airbnb, like Woods, spent uh, a little bit of time in a prop tech startup as well, leading their product, leading their product team and ended up being the former founders of Casper, Matt Casper mattress company, sleep company, uh, and they were great partners, Luke, Luke Sherwin, Gabe Flateman, Neil Parik. got to thinking and talking about what, you know, potentially starting a company might look like, start bantering about some sort of, you know, ideas at various spaces. I think one one I've always been know, particularly fond of is the space given our shared experience. And I started to think more about some of the trends we were seeing. This was like fall of 2020 at the time. So at that point, definitely saw this this acute need for, you know, supply in the short-term rental space, not just supply, but quality supply. One of the things we always saw at Airbnb was how a lack of supply in that market can really dry up a lot of options, drive up prices, drive up occupancy. We, We talked a lot about what's called the Goldilocks effect at Airbnb, so they have Lux, that is, obviously things have changed since then, but at the time they had Lux, they had Plus and they had what's called marketplace. Plus was once too hot, once too cold to the narrative of Goldilocks and ones just right. Plus was always kind of that, that nice middle ground. Drive higher occupancies, drive higher nightly rates and, and give you as a customer some consistency in that experience, right? Some ability to predict what you're going to get. Walking into the Airbnb, it's professionally photographed. It's, it's checked out. It, it's sort of standardized to some extent, the risks were right. But the problem is that wouldn't really, and, and, and shouldn't, because this thing called platform unity, take it an, an equity stake in property itself, right? It, it, they're a host, a guest brokerage as a platform and, and, and something that they don't really want to get involved in because it's, it's a risk that their business doesn't need to take, but it is an opportunity for someone else. So it's something that always kind of stuck out in my mind, right? And then at the time, I saw a couple of companies in the space, sort of pop up with, you know, this fractional idea of, of second home ownership. It's like, again, involved 2020, owning an eighth of a home problem with that is like, you you, know, you get an eighth of the time and also an eighth of the value in the home. You don't really get to, Liz and I both owned a, an eighth of a home each. We're kind of dancing around each other for who gets the holiday here. I've got two kids. Everyone travels on the same breaks for school and whatnot. It's, I know you've got kids now too, Packy. It's airports fill up and everyone's going to the home at the same time. So you're still it as a customer. You're like, does that really make sense for me? What's the appreciation rate look like on that home? three, four, five years now on my eighth of a home. What does the resale market on that eighth, eighth of your home look like? If you want to go and sell it, right? It just seems like a little bit more of a headache than you think at first. Uh, started to just think about like creative ways to tackle that. And, and initially teamed up with, with those Casper guys, sort started of the initial investors to tackle that problem. We was working on that for a bit and was introduced to Woods in New York. And we got to chatting about that problem together and decided to team up and join forces and, and went out and fundraise. And here we are. I think it's been an awesome journey and an awesome experience just building out this company together has been awesome.
2: This is like the dream problem that I feel like I've wanted to start before <laughs> as well. Like, Why hasn't somebody done this well yet?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's, and I actually feel the same way because I, I really was not looking to do anything different when, when I first started chatting with Paul. I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm very happy in my current roles. We're going to landing like a uh, great team, like great leadership. I loved it. But the deeper we went, I was like, oh man, like this just sounds like a fun company Sorry. <laughs> I think, I mean, to, to Paul's earlier point, the, the core hypothesis of the business, right, is that there's lots of people out there who want access on ownership of a second home and, and don't have one today for the reasons we discussed. And there's lots of businesses working on that problem. There's there's the a fractional model, right? There's there's other different approaches. There's there's equity on logs, et cetera. But I, I think it's a model that while each component is sort of like a proven existing thing, it has to be wired together in a way that is it's just operationally complicated. And it's not it's not like, a, like an easy, not, not that any business is easy to build, but it's a, it's a painful business to build. Uh, there's a lot of hurdles, like from a legal standpoint, it's you know, a high capital requirements. Uh, you have to have like this understanding of real estate, but also you have to be able to actually have a beautifully designed home and deliver great guest experience. And so none of these problems are necessarily unique to our to our business, but I think it requires uh, someone who's willing to take on each of those challenges. We really, really chose a business to start. You get it right there. Like get- kind of wondered to myself, like,
0: why hasn't anyone, anyone thought of this before? It, it, it's uh, it, it's something that people do. And, and, and I think to this point, it's it, that hardwiring, it's the, it's the connection. And I think it's the excellent experience, right? I, yeah, I think we're, we're pretty humble guys, but to give ourselves a pat on the back for a second, like I, what Woods and I are really keen on is providing that excellent experience to you as a customer, right? Whether that's like a great digital product. How are you booking your time in the home, in, in your summer app, how are you seeing how your potential home value is accruing at the money that you are saving or getting on a monthly basis is building the app, right? How seamless and smooth is it to go in and buy all some view those homes on our website, get excited about that. What's the on the ground experience in those homes look like? They enabled with smart locks, great technology. So you can get it. You know, those homes not only have that tech forward thinking, but also that sort of curated bespoke, a really great experience. Everyone knows when you walk into that, that great Airbnb, everyone's got that story, they've got a great. RVB story and they've got a bad RVB story, right? Everyone knows what those good ones are and everyone knows what those bad ones are. Our team on the ground just does an excellent job. I'm sure. That experience. Is awesome. So we take everything that we're hardwired together, the backend financial product of your earnings here and your appreciation there and guaranteed income and putting that forward to you as a customer in just this great, great package and great experience.
2: Yeah. But the standard YC advice is like invest in technical founders and blah, blah, blah. But having been at breather and done a business like this before, like You want operational founders because like, that's the only way that you get this right is if you get all of the details to your point, like string them all together. And like when something goes wrong, you have a plan to get it right as soon as humanly possible because things will inevitably go wrong. You need some pretty strong operational chops here. How have you built out the team with the the problem set in mind?
3: Yeah, so, so totally agree. One of the things that that is also like fun about this company is just how many levers there are to pull. I mean, it's a challenge because at some point you have to like make a decision and, and push forward, but. I, th- I think I think it's part of the reason you see so many different companies with different models stacking so the same problem is because there's there's like infinite levers and variations you can pull tweaks to the value prop when, when you're dealing with sort of real estate and and the short-term rental side. But yeah, in, in terms of the team, I think we've been super fortunate to attract like a r- really high-caliber operations and and finance-focused team today. So and we found folks who have come from both other sort of like short-term rental startups. We have Sarah Havener, our, our head of experience, who I spent time at you know and Avon stay and, and others, and also goes for a traditional hotel background. But they're also just pulling in, I think, generally talented individuals across kind of the fintech, prop tech universe. And it's one of those things, particularly like guest experience, that you sort of have to build into the DNA early. You can tell when you talk to people who have been at companies where it's sort of, you know, the pace just outstripped the ability to like service guest needs well. And it, you just sort of like, <laughs> there's like this beaten down of like, all right, you just just got to get things across the finish line. Like, yeah, it's not perfect, but oh, well. And I think something we're certainly striving for from the beginning here is to set like a very high bar for, for guest experience and have that sort of be something that we don't compromise in the sake of increasing sales or moving faster, et cetera, et cetera. Obviously, we'll, we'll have more tests of that in the future, but that's, that's certainly the aspiration.
0: I'm going to iterate on that and, and underscore that because i think that that's that's the secret sauce really right like it, it's you talk about attracting we've have to this point been super fortunate to attract like uh, what i think is just incredible incredible team is just running through walls to get this thing launched and done so hats off to the team if any, if any of them are listening by the way but it, it it's really sort of a filter if you the, the number one thing you should be doing as a business is creating that excellent experience because that's what gets you loyal customers over the long term, we can all point to our favorite businesses and all of them have that in common. And it just, it it, it always blows my mind the businesses that fail to take that one into account because I think it seems elementary, right? I I get it. We're running a business now and there are a million problems that come across your plate every day. You might sacrifice something for, for something else at one, one spot. That's one that's unrelenting. I think from, from Woods and I, it's like an excellent experience for the end customer, whether that digitally, physically. in in any way, shape or form, how you interact with this brand and this business. And you use that as a filter that the folks that have come to to summer and and, want to work with us and and for us and and around us, uh, you know, all have that same mentality. It it is unrelenting And and you have to have that as a company.
2: I remember when I was, when I was a breather, like kind of towards the end when things were starting to not go particularly well, we had brought in a new exec team and a new CFO in particular, it was kind of like, well, like, couldn't we like cheapen up here, or couldn't we like here? (laughs) And like, that was one of the many signals that I had to get out of there. But like in the current market, how do you make those, those kinds of trade-offs? Right. Where like, it does take investment to make a great experience, but who knows when you'll be able to raise money again? Like, how do you think through all of the different things in this environment?
3: So I'll give you a a partial (laughs) answer, which is like, so at least specifically when it comes to someone's experience in a home. There, there's certain things that people care a lot about. And there's other things that they care less about, like the, the bed, for example, you want like a really high quality sleep experience. You, don't, you can't skip on linens. Kitchen super important. You don't want to have like crappy knives or cutlery or, or pots and pans. So there's, there's certain things that, that make a big difference. And there's other areas where, where people are less sensitive. You can afford to go sort of like lower down. That said, it, it is a challenge, particularly at sort of like subscale on how to manage costs well. And so it's something we're trying to get ahead of now and thinking through building some more relationships with furniture manufacturers, for example, and getting access to more, more commercial pricing on, on, instead of just buying stuff retail. So it's, it's definitely the top of mind for us and it's a constant balancing act. I'd say I don't, I don't pretend we fully solved it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think besides the the point Wood's just raised, I'd say like you know you, you set some guardrails right you, obviously, We obviously we don't operate with a blank check that's no company at this stage should or you know really ever should but you set guardrails where where you're going to step out of bounds where things are going to run adrift and, and you try to operate within that but you know, there's a lot of good you can do in those guardrails i, I get it, it, it sounds elementary but one of the things that you know I, I always like to do is just talk to your customers right like how do you provide a great end experience to someone like well, understand your customers understand who wants your product, understand who's interacting with your product, understand where your product is failing or needs some help and understand where it's great. And and just learn more about them and learn more about what they're looking for. And, and that ultimately will shed light on where you can focus as a business to really move the needle for those folks. So at this point, there's data to back that up around on our side, around like what moves the needle in Airbnbs and short-term rentals. Right. But there's so much more in terms of what do folks want to see in, in a summer home? What, what do they want to see across the platform in terms of locations, like I was mentioning before what are the levers that make sense in business obviously we have those guardrails that we know where we're going to run a drift if we move to certain levers on the economics of things but talking to folks to understand where they're where they're a little more pain tolerant in certain areas versus others or where oh i i definitely you know wouldn't want
3: to sign up for this when you talk about having like an amazing guest experience et cetera, like it's worth clarifying i think that that doesn't mean that everything is perfect like it's like and the same for our site like our okay. site just went live i guarantee there's some things that are broken and don't like so, but it's more about, it, it's the response. Like we've had, again, we've only had, we have three homes live today and they've been live for like a month and a half or so. We've had only five-star reviews on Airbnb so far, which, but that doesn't mean, we've had all sorts of stuff go wrong. We've had things missing, no hot water, like random strangers on the property. Like, but but the, our our team has been exceptional in like speaking to the guests, make it right, find a solution. And so it's, it's not about having everything perfect. It's about listening, making people feel heard, adapting and evolving the product, continue to try and get better, basically.
2: Yeah, and those, those can be an opportunity to like build an even stronger relationship yeah. with the customers when things go wrong. Like I like we had our water heater in the Athens Airbnb just like Last. went out while well, somebody was staying there. We ended up getting a five-star because we like called somebody <laughs> a middle of the night to come out there and fix it.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's so true, right? Like at the end of the day, people, I, I really do believe this. People just want to know someone cares and someone listens right? Like, yeah, the hot water heater went out, but like, it was Point like our team's on it. Like, you're talking to someone, you're picking up the phone and, and nine out of 10 people, most of the reasonable ones, they know that things happen, but they want to know that you're on it, you're going to fix it and you're going to make it right. And, and that just goes such a long way. It, again, it sounds elementary, but it really is true. People just want someone to listen.
2: Speaking of talking to customers, who is the starting target
0: customer? I, I think when you think about a model like this, it's it's I think instinctually, you're talking about folks who have some you know, level of income to be able to afford purchasing a second home. As you mentioned before, that second home doesn't need to be your second purchase. You could be renting your primary home and the second home in terms of time spent, right? But there is an implied, let's say, level of, of income, even the, th- the barriers that we're breaking down to get in, that would predicate that. And that typically, let, let's say, at least statistically, veers t- uh, towards a slightly older audience. So let's say folks in their 30s, 40s. And, and above who have some level of financial wherewithal to be able to pull the trigger on something like this. I think to Woods's earlier point, there are ways that we're thinking through to make something like more appealing to folks even younger and allow them to start the process of bridging into actual ownership at an even earlier stage, right? We, we have heard that interest. It's just hard you know, when you're 22, just graduating college. Be thinking about a, a, a second home, but it, like many investments out there, it's it's a good investment to make for a lot of people investing in real estate. It's just there aren't far too many avenues to get into it, so you're um, eager to eager to open this up to even more folks at, at that sort of younger age range and, and give them the opportunity.
3: The only thing I was going to add, the so obviously, yeah, there's like a sort of income thing, but I think the you, you generally, I think it also just tends to be like later 20s, 30s, etc. People who have a line of sight. On somewhere they want to spend time yeah. for like a meaningful amount of time, which like most people, you have know, like when you're 22 or whatever, you don't know I'm not gonna be here, like where I'm gonna live. That's kind of the main thing. Is like folks who have an idea of like, well, maybe I don't want to spend six months out of the year there, but like there's this place I love that I want to spend at least two, three months, like who could ideal per year.
0: Yeah, I was talking to this this guy a couple weeks ago. We were talking about the model, and he was curious. i pitching him on it, and. He just bought his second home. He's got three kids lives in Chicago. He just bought a second home in Florida is in his early fifties and they've been going for the last 15, 20 years to the same area. Right. And they're renting every year, renting every year. He's like, I finally pulled the trigger. on buying the home. But the issue is now my kids are ranging from like 18 to you know 24, right? I I've got a finite amount of years left to spend with them in, in this place. And what I love about your model is I could have owned this same home that I'm buying right now in my early fifties, 20 years ago. Yeah, been building all this while, and spending those years with my kids in that right, creating those memories with them in that home, and hopefully one day passing this home to them. And, and I think that that's a story right there that I'm just like, wow, if we can if we can help someone like that, that's an incredible thing, and hopefully enable that with small. The other
2: the, like the other dreams. So I've had a lot of dreams in this, but <laughs> I think like the, actually I have a couple a couple of product dreams. I, what everybody loves from their investors, from what I found, is. Just a completely unsolicited like (laughs) product recommendations. Here are two. One you alluded to before, which is like every time I go to a new city that I love internationally, I'm like, man, I would love to buy a place here. And I have no idea how to buy a place here. Like Mexico City, somewhere like we started going there a few years ago, like would love to buy a place there and have no idea how to navigate the the Mexican (laughs) real estate market. So that's one. The other is like, I think the dream that everybody has had, which is like, how do you buy a bunch of land upstate and build a compound with a bunch of your friends, which actually seems like it makes it would be like operationally easier to do. Like, when will I be able to do something like that on summer, where we can buy like eight houses on a lot together and then you just manage the whole thing?
3: Well, we actually do. So we do have one of our first uh, sort of beta cohort of members is is like two buddies. And they they really like, wanted to get a, a ski home and we helped them do it. So that's not quite a compound, but that's like the baby step, I guess. I, I think it's really cool. I mean, a lot of this stuff is like is a question of like uh focus for us at this stage getting some of the basic things right but once you get the basic stuff right there's like so many places you can go with it that specifically the compound is also a dream of mine so i mm-hmm. think i think both those are <laughs> i was
0: gonna say woods and i definitely want to talk through this my my dream is the international home. so i'm eager to to get there at some point soon but towards this point yeah we've, we've got to sort of make sure we're focused and nail down the core business before we can really justify european or south yeah. american homes but you'll be first on a
2: waitlist Back, yeah about that <laughs> that sounds that sounds perfect to me I'll, I'll take one of i'll take one of each please <laughs> uh, as we're doing the compound with like any <laughs> friends so that i can afford that that piece of it but yeah was I mean, like that's that's what is so fun about this this product to me is that it's like this thing that everybody wants right like everybody in the country wants home ownership a lot of people want to own a second home or be able to have just like a place to go that is like your spot right. and i think you guys make that that possible Where can people find summer? What's the best way to get started and and get home with you guys?
0: Well, first thing, www.gosummer.com. That's the first place to to find out more about us and active on social media as well. We're hoping to be able to uh, sell many more folks some homes and and really build the network and the platform over the next few months. So excited to actually unveil this and Tell folks more and give them more information on what we are, who we are, what we're about and what we want to be.
3: If you go to the site, then fill out the contact form. Let us know what markets you want to be in. As I said, we're only in a couple today, but actively looking to determine the next launch set and and hopefully to take into account customer demand for that. So be patient with us getting back to you, (laughs) but we
2: will read them. (laughs) Be ready to launch in your dream market soon. (laughs) Amen. Guys, thanks so much for coming on. Congrats on the launch and excited to, to buy a second home somewhere internationally ended Thanks compound V One Day. <laughs> Thank you, Patrick. Thank you
0: for having us. Thank
2: you.